title of the message, if you're taking notes, is Grace Unfolding. The song that Neil picked is so perfect for where I'm going to be teaching. I'm going to read quite a few scriptures. Matter of fact, I'm going to be quoting, reading and quoting about 25 scriptures today. But I want to read in John, and I want to read, just bear with me, quite a few scriptures. John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and life was the light of men. Down in verse 6, it says, there was a man sent from God who's, no, I want to pass that. Let me, let me continue from 4. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Then in verse 9, it says, it says that, but it says, I'm, I'm putting he there. He was the true light which gives light to every man coming to the world. We're talking about Jesus, folks. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and would not, and would, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, which is his people, and his own did not receive him. But many as received him then gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the, or, or of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of the man, but of God. Now we're talking about the birth of Jesus Christ. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and he beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Then in verse 16 it says, And the fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. Now, what I want to talk about today is the grace that God is, the grace that is, is poured upon us is overwhelming when you really think about what's going on. And I've got 20 plus scriptures that I'm going to be going over about what God is doing in the area of grace in our life. He, he brought his son, and we know this, he brought his son to die that perfect sacrifice. Then the Bible says that when he sent the Holy Spirit in that all, he sent grace of everything we need. What's grace? Grace is unmerited favor. In other words, it's a gift to you, but you don't have to do anything for it. I think that's one of the biggest revelations in the scripture I, I received as I went through the word and I finally got the revelation of grace because I was raised... I was raised in a denomination that, that taught you that you had to perform for God to bless you. We just listened to a song that's totally opposite of that. And when I found out that we don't have to do anything but believe. Now, you have to obey. You have to obey in every situation, in every circumstance. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about performing to make God happy, performing to him to do things for you. He's always doing stuff for us. We, we don't see how much he's doing for us. We in America are so blessed, we don't even recognize all that he does. But there's a, there's a, there's a, constant, there's a constant flow of grace in your life. Hebrews 13.5 says he will never leave you or forsake you. Now, it doesn't just say that to make you happy. That's grace. And if I had to perform to receive, then I'd be in trouble. How many here miss it during the day? Are you all pretty perfect? No. Nobody here is perfect. 
He's only perfect, but that's why he came for us. And that's why when God looks down, he's not looking at your mistakes. He's not looking at your past. He's not looking at the problems he knows you're going to run into tomorrow. He's looking at you through the eyes of Jesus, and it's already been carried. The blood of Jesus took care of it. Romans 8.35 says, nothing will separate us from the love of God. That's grace. Nothing will separate me. I can't do anything now to get separated. It, it, it can't happen. I'm sealed by the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells me. John 1.16 says, Of his fullness we have all received grace for grace. I mean, not only do we have grace, we have continual grace. We have grace to understand our grace. We have grace for every situation in our life. He'll never... I, think about that. Let's all think about, real quick, something you shouldn't have done. Quit thinking about it, because it's covered. You say, well, that's cheap grace. No, that's grace. And that's him understanding our human nature. That's him understanding that we couldn't do it. That's him understanding that he had to send his son Jesus to be perfect, to be the perfect sacrifice, so that I will make it to heaven. I know I'm going, and I know I'm going to mess up in the following days. I know I'm going to think wrong. I know I'm going to do things wrong, but it's all covered, and that's grace because he's never, ever going to leave us. He's, never, he's, he's an ever-changing God. He's there forever. Uh, in the New Living Translation in Colossians 2.9, it says, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. Well, then, if I'm in Christ in my walk with him, now what's it mean to be in Christ? To be in Christ is no different than Jay sitting in that seat. He cannot get any more in that seat that he's in it. So when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we are in Christ. Well, if I'm in Christ, then I'm in the fullness of God, and I have the fullness of God, and everything in the fullness of God then is inside me because the Holy Spirit lives inside me and you and all of us. That's all called grace, folks. I mean... If I had to read the Bible so many chapters a day and I had to memorize so many chapters a day in order for God to bless me, then that would be works. I want to read this and I want to study this because the more I know this, the more my mind gets transformed and the more I start walking like I'm supposed to. Because the idea is for this grace, and we're going to get into that, the idea is for this grace that is given to you, for you to give it to somebody else. And if you don't know you've got it, you'll never give it to somebody else. Uh, it's amazing how what you think of yourself is what you think of other people. It's the way it goes. The grace, the grace meets every need we have. Psalms 84, verse 11. No good thing will he withhold from, from them that work, that walk uprightly. Well, who's walking uprightly? We are. We're not, made, we're not righteous, but we're made righteous. So we're walking uprightly in our walk, and we come to that place of recognizing he's doing that for us. Now, what are we saying? That's grace given to you. That's grace given to you. Proverbs 28, 20, a faithful man will abound with blessings. Well, who's a faithful man? We are. We are faithful what we do. We are faithful, especially the Wednesday night crowd. This is the most faithful. This is actually the church. Y'all looking at me. Sunday goers are great, 
But a lot of Sunday goers never do anything else. We're faithful people. So if you're a faithful person, then what's it say? A faithful man will abound with blessings. James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift comes from above. Why? Back to what I just said. That's grace. You are getting grace to you every minute of the day. Every moment of your life, God is doing something for you. Something's going on to adjust your life. Something's going on to adjust your ways. He's always, always, always. What I love about it is knowing the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, that he's always, always, always speaking to us. I can remember back in the day, if you said to somebody that God said something to you, they would want to put you in an institution. But fact is... The Bible says that he's talking to us 24-7, all the time, all the time. If we just had that and paid attention to that, we'd be a changed person. If we didn't get any other blessings in our life and we just paid attention to our conscience that's renewed when you get born again and listen to that spirit, listen to that voice, and adjust your life and obey it, you would change. He's always upholding us. A lot of scriptures on this, but I'm only going to do a few. He upholds all things by his word. It tells us in Hebrews 1 verse 3. He upholds all things, not some things, everything in your life, everything that's going on. It's amazing how we'll sit down. How many, how many of you sat down in your chair tonight and didn't even think about it, holding you up? That's the kind of faith we're supposed to have in him, knowing that he upholds us in everything that goes on in our life. No matter what you walk through in life, he is upholding us. He is, he is there. New Living Translation, Colossians 1.17. He existed before anything else and holds all creation together. Here we've got scientists trying to figure out how it all holds together, and the Bible told us a long time ago. He's the one that's holding it together. It's no different. The principles that he's got designed in the universe is amazing. I mean, we, we, send, we send rockets up in space now, 200 mile in space, and we get them going 17,000 miles an hour. And because of the centrifugal force, they stay permanently in that place as they rotate around the earth. It's amazing to think that that could only happen. If, anything, if the sun would move in any degree at all, we would either burn or freeze to death. I mean, I could go on and on with facts about that. But fact is, that's all him holding everything together. I mean, think about your bodies made of just cells. He's holding that all together. Even as ugly as some of us are, he's holding that all together. Because he loves us, because he created us, because he made us. He's the one that's doing it. Grace, grace is with us. Grace blesses us. Grace upholds us, but grace also watches over us. I don't think we realize in the spirit realm how much God has got his angels working around about us in everything that we do, all the places that we go. You know, you take tomorrow, they're talking chill factor, 12, 15 degrees below zero. Within two hours, it's going to change from 37 degrees to 7 degrees, 30 mile an hour winds. We better have a lot of angels working over time. We better have a lot of angels. Like Doc and I was talking, you know, you y'all you, you need blankets in your cars because you wouldn't make it very many minutes with that kind of weather if you had to get out. 
But at the same time, our faith is not in, our, our place is not in fear. Our place is in faith that God's going to take care of us and give us wisdom on what to do. Give us wisdom not to travel where we don't need to travel. Give us wisdom on life. Give us wisdom if something comes up. Uh, anymore, everybody's got a cell phone, so you can get help no matter what now. But God's the one that's taking care of us. He's the one that's upholding us. He's the one that's blessing us. I, this song we just sang, I'm Like John, one of the best songs we've got. Uh, it's so uplifting, and you recognize that, uh, what John said again was so, so true. If we can take the things that God is gracing us with and just dump them out. I mean, it's a lot of us are going to see family that we don't see very often through the year. If we can take this sermon, this short sermon that I've got, and recognize what he's doing in our lives, and then everybody you see for the next four or five days, six days, don't complain about the weather because it's going to be cold. Why? Why? It's amazing. And then when it gets hot, we complain that it's hot. And then if it's not hot enough, we're, I wish it would warm up. I wish it'd get cooler. Why don't we just speak good things about what's going on? I'm so glad I got a thermostat in my house. I set it on a certain temperature, and the furnace keeps me warm. What a blessing that is. Jay and I were just talking earlier. I can remember we had a cold furnace in house that I was raised in and the pipe that come out of the furnace that went to the concrete would turn cherry red well you couldn't even do that now the environmentalists would throw a fit because it'd be dangerous but to think all the houses back in the days had no insulation but they survived and they made it well why because of blessings that God for his people he 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 takes care of us so we've got to take that same thing instead of complaining about anything and everything, just speak blessings over it. It could be worse. It could be better. Instead of saying, oh, we're falling apart. Things are terrible. Everybody's getting the flu. Everybody's sick. Everybody's this. Instead, take what I'm talking about today and recognize that he's going to take care of that. Psalms 91.2 says, he is my refuge and my fortress. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. Everybody here knows that you run into situations and times in your life when you feel like you can't make it. Bottom line, that's okay. He's made it for you. And all you have to do is cry out to him. And I promise you, he always, always, always answers prayer. I feel like the Holy Spirit's leading me that the first of the year to start talking about prayer more because, folks, absolutely nothing happens until you pray. Or somebody else prayed. I'm right here because of my mother. I know that I know that I know. She stood, she stood in faith and she stood in faith and she knew that God had called me. And she knew from when I was 12 years old I, and got born again, I knew God called me to be pastor. But from 12 to 32, I was crazy. And mom knew it. So she intervened by prayer. I'd hear her in the basement. I can't tell you the times I heard her in the basement praying for the family as she was doing laundry for all the kids that she had in the household. Prayer, prayer, prayer. Everybody gets in these spots in their life when they don't think they can make it, but he is our refuge. He is our fortress. Psalms 32.7 says, You protect me in my trouble. Plain and simple in that. 
It says, you are, hi you are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. <laughs> what an awesome. Instead of going to a complaint, take the grace that you've been given on a daily basis and take that grace and give it to somebody else. And not just during the holiday. Get in the habit of it. Start doing it to the place where you, you do it for 25, 30 days. Just purpose to watch everything that you say. Purpose to know that everything you speak is going to have something to do with somebody else and it's going to help them. Take that grace. John 15, 5. It says, I am the vine, you are the branch. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. You can't be anything more than he's already given us. And all we've got to do is let what he's given us flow through us. But you've got to be hooked up. You've got to be hooked up with him. You've got to spend time with him. You say, well, I thought I didn't have to do anything. If you want to change, you have to learn him. It's amazing how when you hang around with people, you learn things from them. When you run with somebody all the time, you learn things from them. That's the same way here. This is not a religion. This is not, well, we come to church. That makes God happy. Now I'm okay. A lot of churches talk that way. This is a relationship. And when I recognize how much grace God gives me on a daily basis, how blessed I am in my life, how wonderful my life really is, how great things are, that's all because he's given it to me. Even when things aren't going your way, you're still blessed. Because he takes, what's neat about that is, when you're going through a hard time in your life, the Bible says, another grace moment, the Bible says no matter what you're going through, he will make it for good. That's grace. And no matter what you got robbed, no matter what the enemy robs you of, he gives it back to you. Bible even says that whatever you give away, he gives back. I mean, you talk about grace. It doesn't matter what we do in the area. If we lose everything we've got, you still got him. You know, everybody, well, I just can't make it. Yet, yes, you can. Well, but I'm going to die. That's gain. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Every, he's got it set up so, the, the grace, the grace that he's got for us is so far beyond, beyond what we can even imagine. I mean, everybody in here, just think about your life and how blessed you are. You say, well, I'm going through a hard time and, and it seems like it's never going to stop. Don't stop with this. Because this is, I get, I get so tickled. People get mad at God and leave church. Or they get, they get offended at people. I cannot, I, could, I, I couldn't, the number of people in my 30-plus years here that have left, I feel like a bus driver sometimes. You pick them up and you drop them off. But the number of people that have churched here, dedicated, on fire, that are now doing nothing for God is a mind blower. Absolutely not even serving God, not doing anything, and wonder why things are so bad. But yet at the same time, God loves us so much, he don't give up on anybody. And he continues to bless even those that are being rebellious. Because what brings you to him is his goodness and his grace. And we so many times don't recognize the grace that we get from a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, 
it's just amazing what, what God is doing in our lives. Colossians 1.27 says that Christ in you, the hope of glory. Well, if Christ is in me, that hope is positive expectation of good. So that means I'm going to have more glory tomorrow. And you know, the Bible tells us that we go from glory to glory. And you do that by recognizing what you've got. You do that by recognizing what he's done for you. You, rec you know, it used to be they beat you up in church. You know, you, you felt like if you didn't step on your toes, you didn't get nothing done. That's so backwards. That's so religious. I want to go somewhere where they, they build you up. I want to go somewhere where they, they, they teach you that you, you, you're, you're just full of God. They teach you where you could... You can walk in the Spirit. They teach you where you can be a blessing to people. They teach you where you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They teach you that everything in the Bible that they say you've got, you've got. It's no different than we've talked about, you know, we know we're saved. Well, we've got to get to the place in this walk where we know we're healed and everything. We know we're prosperous. When you get that, that's grace. And when you get that, when you start getting an understanding of that, then you start understanding what you can give to other people. We were kind of blown away. Doc and, and Betty and a few started pickleball. Just a handful. You know, four. We had 22 Monday. You say, well, what's that got to do with it? There's, there's, there's grace being imparted. There, there's laughing and joking and cutting up and having fun. And nobody's allowed to talk about nobody. We make fun of everybody because every, every, nobody's any good. We all miss it. Sometimes we think there's a hole in our paddle. Brenda's got a hole about this big in her paddle. She just... But she's... Every once in a while you do good. That's right. But that's all of us. But what am I saying? We come together to fellowship. That's all he wants us to do with the grace that he gives us. He wants us to take that same grace... And whenever you're out in the country and out in the world and out to impart that that you impart that that you know you've got to somebody else. When somebody comes up to you, just give them the good. Think about what you've got and just give them the good and give them the good. That's what takes place in this silly pickleball. What a name. Pickleball and you can't play in the kitchen. <laughs> Those that don't play it, you don't understand. But You've got four people playing, and now we've got 15, 16, 18 making fun of them and laughing and, and encouraging them. Because every time somebody does good, we encourage them. But every time somebody really bombs out, we laugh at them. But we all get that. And then they make you cry. Then, oh, well, that, you, you, you're not supposed to cry. No crying on the pickleball. That's right. What am I saying? We are blessed with God's grace. It's never ending. I mean... We're breathing. That alone should be a thankful thing. But we've got to take the same thing. See, he meets every need you have, so then in turn, meet every need you, you can find in, in other, other person's life. That's why marriages strike out. Because they don't do, they expect the spouse to take care of them when in fact you're supposed to be taking care of them. And then if that person would take care of you, then it's a never-ending cycle of people being blessed. You're doing exactly what God does. He, he graces us. Uphold people in a hard time. When you've got someone going through a hard time, help them out. 
We've got people still taking food to Carl and, and, and Lisa. I got food for two years from people. Uh, they, people knew I was going through a hard time adjusting to had, not having Connie. And for two years, I was having people bring me food. My family couldn't believe it. I said, well, yeah, so-and-so brought me food today. I said, are you kidding me? They're still bringing you food? Yeah, they're doing what the Bible says for us to do. They're, they're handing on grace. They're forwarding grace. They're allowing the grace to unfold out of their lives. God blesses us always. Why shouldn't we bless always? God's always there to take care of us and give us grace. Why shouldn't we always give people grace? Does God talk about me? No. God loves me. Does, does God, God condemn me? No. God loves me. Does God judge me? No. He's already, I've already been judged. You all know that, don't you? You all recognize you've already been judged. God's already took care of that because of Jesus. So you're not going to be judged. If you're reading the scripture, it says that you're going to be judged at end times. That's not you. That's the unbeliever. And you've got to recognize that he's taking care of us. You've got to recognize that he's already done it for us. You've got to recognize that that's grace. And we've got to recognize that he's got that. We've got to take what God has done for us and pass it on to the next person. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you that you've already done everything there is that's ever going to be done for us. It's already been accomplished on the cross. It's already been accomplished by your son Jesus that came as a small child, grew up in obedience, grew up as a perfect, perfect, perfect sacrifice and died for us, Father. And in dying for us, every part of grace has been bestowed upon us. You love us for every situation. You love us in every circumstance. And Father, help us to take that grace and allow it to come out of our lives and touch other lives. And we do thank you for that, Father. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Call you blessed. Looks like you got about 10 minutes before the kids get out.